Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Well, we're going to come to the Word of God and we're going to have some fun here in Psalm 24. And Rachel already used uh, the scripture this morning, but thankfully it still has some power left in it. It's not empty. Uh, so Psalm 24. If you'd like to turn there, we're going to read through uh, all of Psalm 24, and then we're going to come back and unpack. Here we go. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol, or swear by a false God. They will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God their Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek Him, who seek your face, God of Jacob. From verse 7, lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? He's the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is He? This King of glory. He's the Lord Almighty. He is the King of glory. And what we have here in Psalm 24 is a... A psalm that I think has had a bit of a rejection complex because Psalm 23 gets a lot more attention. And so you may be a sibling who can understand that if uh, maybe you're a middle child and you've lived in that space of someone else maybe getting all the attention. You can just let that go. There is healing for you today. Let it go. Psalm 24, it's your moment today. And maybe middle child, it's your moment. It's your moment today. I'm an only child, so I got all the attention, which is why I like standing on a stage. Look at me. No, it's, um, I got no attention. Anyway, let's just move on. Here we go. Verse one, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. This kind of covers a bit of territory here. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, everything in it, everything in it, it's His, it's the Lord's, the world and all who live in it, all 7.3 billion people on this planet are within the scope of His love, that it's strange for our brain to, to go to that size and, and picture all of those people, but somehow God extends beyond all of those individual souls, if we think about India and something like 1.4 billion people, we think of the city of Mumbai and something like 20 million people, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. He extends further and whatever challenge or drama or situation or opportunity or hope or dream, we need to know that God extends further than that space. That when we're, we're stuck in a, a place of difficulty or when we have a dream that burns in our heart and we, we don't know how it's going to be accomplished, it's so important to remember that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And there is a, there is a place of trust, a place of rest. 
that doesn't negate our need to get busy and activate his victory, but it's not from a place of striving, it's from a place of understanding that my God is in control. And my situation may look a little bit messy right now, but my God is in control because the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And now it's also important to remember here that if the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the last time I checked, I'm included in that brief. That I'm inside of, of that space. And so if, if the life that is mine to live as Jason Paul Schroeder, 42 years old, if this, if this life is mine, it's within the scope of what God's talking about here. The earth is, is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. So in a sense, I, I have this, this life, but it, it's not actually mine, it's His because the earth is the Lord's. So Jason is the Lord's. And so this life is mine to steward, but it's ultimately his. And so the decisions that we want to make sometimes, according to what I want, what we want, what seems okay for, for me, it, it's important to remember that this, this life is not Mine, it's actually His. And when we remember that in moments when we want to make certain decisions based upon me, it's important to zoom it back out and remember He. Because this is His. His life. And God, would you help us step according to your heartbeat for us. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, for he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. Now, this is a, a huge responsibility for Ryan and Rachel <laughs> because God founded everything on the seas and he established it on the waters. <laughs> on R Ryan and Rachel Waters. That's some quality humor. I was quite impressed with myself this morning when I, I figured that out. The waters. Let's just move right on because I don't think there's any anointing on that point. That's, um, verse 3. Can I just say your pastors are pretty awesome though. Seriously. I don't know what would be in this room if they didn't have something in their heart. There'd be nothing or maybe a studio or a movie or something happening. This is here because God put something in their heart and they had the courage to step out and trust Him. And now you and we get to be a part of what God is doing. And one of the pieces of this glorious kingdom puzzle that is happening all across the planet is there is, a, there is a unique and a specific mandate for every single church on the planet. There is a unique call and flavor and sound. And it's not for us to judge one other church in the way they do it, their style, their whatever. We need all styles, all sounds, all flavors, as long as Jesus Christ is right in the center, because a, a quiet, contemplative church is going to reach someone that maybe a, a loud, bouncing off the walls, rubber shundai church isn't going to. But again, as long as Jesus Christ is 
is right in the center. And there is a mandate that is upon this church that honestly, when I come here, I feel so excited for what God has done and what he is doing. And so I want to, again, I want to, I want to celebrate and thank Pastor Ryan and Rach for what you have done. And for all the rest of you, if this is your church home, you have been and are in for a wild ride. More to come. Who may ascend? And there is a key here for, I feel that there is a call here in what I'm about to read that is, that is for you guys, for C3 Mumbai. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may go up? Who may climb? Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? And, and here, what we have in Psalm 24, this, was, this is a psalm that, that David wrote. This is possibly a psalm that was written when the ark, the, the presence of God was coming to Jerusalem. And this is maybe what was sung on the, on the very day when this box that housed the presence of God in this time as it was moving into Jerusalem. And, and from the heart of David comes this, this incredible song and it has imagery that we can, there, there's, I did a whole series of messages on it that we just get snippets of today. But we have right here and, and even this, the language of who may ascend the mountain of the Lord. And, and we have pictures here of, of Moses up Mount Sinai and, and this, this awe-inspiring wonderful and, and horrid moment of this fear and this awe and this joy and this, this wow of, of who God is and, and this God that we see described in this psalm is the God that now through Jesus Christ we get to be so close to in a way that wasn't available except but to this one man Moses as he went up this mountain of the Lord and everyone was like you must stay away or this will be a very bad day for you as you become a french fry but for us through Jesus Christ we have access and and I want you to hear an invitation here who may ascend the mountain of the Lord it's a question and it's an invitation who here has in their heart a desire to ascend the mountain of the Lord. To not just know about Him, but to, to know Him. To not hear stories of, of moments that someone had with God, but to live your own story. To write your own psalm like David has done here and through your life, through your, your seeking your heart for Him, that there is a psalm that is written through the days of your lives that, that speaks of the glory and the majesty and the wonder, the victory of God alive for you. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in His holy place? It's the one who has clean hands and a pure heart. The one who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god. And, and there is a whole lot here, but let's say in short, Jesus Christ has ticked all of those boxes for us. And so for us, our ability to ascend the mountain of the Lord, to stand in that holy place, is not based upon our doing, but based upon what He did. 
It's not based upon our, our earning and our relentlessly trying to keep our hands clean and our, and our heart pure and our own efforts, not to trust in this or, or swear by this and that. And, and it, it's good to have those standards that we allow to be built in our lives as we're transformed more and more into His glorious image. But ultimately, it's not based upon our ability to tick those boxes. It's based upon what Jesus did to tick those boxes once and for all, that He met. Jesus met the righteous requirements of the law, that through him, that ordinary human beings like you and I, whether you were born in Pukekohe, New Zealand like me, or Manjumup in Australia like my wife, or maybe some town in India that my white tongue can't pronounce very well, wherever we have come from, Jesus Christ has made a way for us, for you, for me to connect with the loving Father, the creator of all things who made this world. Verse 5, they will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God their Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him who seek your face, God of Jacob. Such is the generation, the individuals, the church that determines, I will seek you, my God. I will not just seek your hand, but your face. And though there is nothing in me that could make me worthy of having a glimpse of your face through Jesus Christ, the doorway has been opened wide. And so can we make a choice afresh today as individuals, as a church, that God, I, I choose to be a part of a generation that will seek you. I choose to be counted in this group of people for those who would push aside the blur and the busyness of life and seek you. I choose to be one of those. And, and give me a wave if you've ever been skydiving here. Been skydiving. I think, Gorov, aren't you like, done like 7,000 jumps or something? Uh, we're, we're Instagram friends and so I see a bit of the, the incredible journeys of Man of the Seas. And so... Skydiving is a, is a unique thing for those who have done it and those who don't, I'll give you a quick little crash course. I actually got given a skydive on my 40th birthday from our staff at church. So I didn't know whether they were trying to give me an adventure or trying to get rid of me <laughs> and uh, just pay the guy a little on the side and cut the pen. No, it uh, all worked okay. But I, I, like, I like to have that rush of fear. So I've done bungee jumps and canyon swings and, and some crazy stuff. And so I was anticipating the rush of fear skydiving. You're jumping from 14,000 feet. That should be scary. That's not normal. But the crazy thing is you are up so high, you lack perspective to the ground. So it was not scary. I was really disappointed. <laughs> You're hanging out of a plane. This is normally a bad thing. You're hanging out of a plane. I'm not scared. I'm trying to make myself scared. But I, I'm not scared. And then you leap out. And I'm, you know that feeling of falling? 
that's horrible and wonderful. Oh, I, I was so excited for that feeling. There's no feeling. That was not there. Because your brain doesn't know to trigger it because the, the perspective to the ground, it's, it's too far away. And so all you have now is you jump out. It's basically like you step into the windiest place on earth. And wind and your skin does really interesting things. As it becomes like jelly and, and your arms are flapping. Like every, if you've got loose skin, this is a bad moment. And it's, everything is flapping as as you're falling through the sky and um, your arms are out and, and, you're, and I'm trying to, I, I couldn't equalize the pressure in my ears. And so normally on, on an airplane or something, you, I hold my nose and blow and it equalizes your ears. I'm trying to move my hand. I can't move my hand to get it to my nose. And so my ears are screaming. The wind is in my face. I'm not scared, but I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed they spent 400 bucks or whatever just for me to stand in a wind tunnel. And I'm, and I'm smacking myself in the face trying to oh, finally equalize. And when you skydive, and, and maybe it's different once you're experienced in it, if you've done multiple jumps, I've only done one. It's just a blur. A blur of wind and noise and, and you're trying to figure out what's going on and, and what's happening. It's a blur. And you know... Life can feel exactly the same so often. Just a blur of busyness, of rush, of so many things cramming for our attention, so many priorities, and we, we don't know how we're going to tick all of those boxes of the priorities that are screaming to do relationships well, to build this career, to work in our integrity, to have time with God, to be at this function, to look this certain way, to do all of this, and it's, it's just can be like a bit of a blur. And so how do we be a people that despite the blur, we can kind of somehow make sense through the blur of life, through the... the <laughs> to be someone that can say, I'm a part of this generation that seeks you, my God. I'm going to make time in the blur. To seek you, to still myself, to prioritize you, despite the blur. And so how, how's that going for you? How's that in your world now? Could you, could you say, yeah, yeah, I'm someone who, who sees through the blur and who, who makes time to not just know about my God, but to see his face, to, to climb this mountain with him, that my journey with my God is growing more and more intimate, that there is a depth of relationship that is growing, and that is the call that he wants us to hear every single day. Come on this journey with me. Come on, climb the mountain with me. Ascend the mountain. Come with me into that place of awe and majesty, where we're, we're mind-blown again at who He is, where we open the Word and read something we've read before, and you read through Psalm 23, and you're like, gee, I wonder what the next one says, Psalm 24, and you read it, and there's this moment where there's this little kapow in the brain, 
and something of his glory comes alive afresh for us. And can we be a people that would hear that call, that that would stir ever more in the heart of C3 Mumbai, that this is a city, again, as Gaurav said, where, where the, and my observation and, and in talking with people is, is, again, that there is this celebration of the hustle and there is this, this busyness and roar and it's like there is even a, an amplification of the impact of this blur that we could feel where we're kind of, we're just, we're falling through life at such a rate of knots. We're moving through with such speed that maybe we need to just take a moment and then next week take another moment and just check if I got the right things in the right place. Because God, I want to be in that generation of those who seek you, who seek your face because you know once we climb the mountain if you want a picture right now you're just going to travel north east and head up into nepal and mountainous ranges and you you picture what it's like as you move up to a point of elevation you see things differently and this call to ascend to climb is a call to see from a higher perspective. God wants you to see from a higher perspective, to continually unlock eyes of faith, to see something a little more of how he sees. And when you, when you look at this level, I can, I can see certain things. I can see you in a certain way. If I, if I come up here and I'm elevated, I don't know, 135 millimeters perhaps, then I can, I can see a, a, little, a little differently. I could see from a slightly different perspective. If I step up here, all of a sudden, we look a little different. Still good. Still handsome. Just different handsome. And I see things from a different perspective. I feel different when I stand up here to when I stand down there. There is a different perspective. And as we, if you want to picture this in life, as we have this call to ascend, to climb this mountain with our God, this is a, a journey that never ends. Now, unfortunately, the Christian journey is a call to ascend, not recline. It's much, wouldn't it be wonderful if it was just a call to recline? Maybe on a beach in Thailand, as Rochelle and Keith were saying, is one of their favorite places. If, if we just got to live, all of us together, reclining on a beach in Thailand, say so thank you, Jesus, sacrificing for you. Every, that's not our call. It's great to have a holiday there. That's a good thing but it's a call to ascend. And as we ascend, as we climb, if you've ever done some climbing, your legs hurt. It's okay to be in this Christian journey and have burning quads, have tight calves, and go, whoo, I'm a little tired right now. It doesn't mean God's left you. Maybe it means you're ascending. 
and you're climbing and it's not meant to be easy. I, I, uh, as I look through the Reed Testament, I'm really disturbed to see that none of the apostles had an easy journey of reclining around the pool. And again, I, I think all of us need to have good holidays and have moments where we do that. But in our general lives that we are engaged in this journey of walking with our Savior because He has a mission for each and every one of us. There is a specific and a unique call that's for us to take a hold of. And this journey of climbing, climbing the mountain with Him is the most worthwhile, purpose-filled, extraordinary journey that humans could ever hope for. That there is no greater joy than learning and discovering something of who He is. And then as we see Him, we see ourselves more clearly. We see those around us more clearly. As we climb, we get to see the world from a different perspective. And all of a sudden, we thought giving looks stupid. But now we've taken a few more steps up the mountain and we go, Ah, I see giving differently now. I see something a little bit more of how Jesus sees. And I see that giving is actually a core mandate in my life. We climb up a little further. And here's a... As I was praying this morning, I had a picture for us in this. And so I want you to, to go there. You can unlock your, your creative headspace, this imagery in your mind. I want you to, to see this in your mind's eye. Turn on that television screen in your mind. Flick off whatever else is on it. Flick off that biryani that you're going to have for lunch. It's one of my favorite things here. Oh, give me the biryani. Mutton biryani. How's my Indian? Did, did you know I'm actually 3% Indian? I don't know if I mentioned that before. So, brothers, sisters, <laughs> we are one. One of my relatives in our family is, is very interesting. Uh, we've got bits and pieces of stories that we do and don't know. Uh, but someone was in India... They fell in love with someone they shouldn't have uh, because they were already married and love happened and that's part of where I've descended from. 3% Indian. Yes. That's why I like biryani. Here's the picture. There's a mountain. And so you picture this, this mountainous slope. And we have this call to climb. And so you're climbing, climbing, and you're like, man, this is hard. And at times it feels like it's too hard. And then we're like, this is lonely. And sometimes this feels lonely. But there's this picture I had really clearly this morning that I want you to see, Father God, ahead of you on the mountain. And he's come and he's reaching down. And so you have this call to climb. You have this thing in your heart. God, I, I want to know you more. Help me. I'm, I'm broken and I, I stuff this up, but I, I need you. And so we're, we're on this journey. And I, I want you to see the face of the Father reaching down, saying, come on, take my hand. Take my hand. And I want you to see yourself now looking up, 
looking up and you see the hand of the Father reaching out to you. And you take his hand, but you don't just leave your gaze there at his hand. You look up further and you see something of his face. As he's beckoning you up, he's, he's calling. And I want you to see perfect love on his face. Perfect love, not, no hint of disapproval. No hint of, oh, it's you. I'd be happy to help them, but no hint of any of those weird things that we can place in there, but it's, it's the loving Father. And you see on his face this look that says, I am so glad that it's you. And he's reaching his hand out saying, come on, climb. Take my hand and, and climb. And he's helping you. That loneliness that you feel on the inside is gone as you take his hand and he, he pulls you closer. He, he pulls you up to, to where he is. The, that feeling that says, I can't do this anymore. That's gone. Because he's now taking some of the weight for you in this moment, in this season as he, as he pulls you up. And here's the picture I saw that I know is for some people here today. What I saw is some of us taking his hand. And then feeling so unworthy that we let go. Feeling so unworthy when thoughts of the past would come up or things people have said. Limitations we've put on ourselves. And we've let go. This picture was like these garments. And we went to an incredible wedding yesterday. And my wife got dressed up in this beautiful Indian clothing, whatever it's called. She looked amazing. And these the wraps and garments. And so I saw these, but they weren't beautiful. They were ugly. Not the ones she was wearing. <laughs> Not her, but, but us. And as we were climbing, and there, there were some people who had these old garments on. It's like they were old, dirty. Definitions of the past. And they were on us and we're, we're climbing the mountain where we're saying yes to the voice of God as he's called us. We've taken his hand, but as we're climbing and we've taken his hand and, and he's helping us up, we felt these garments almost slipping off us. These old, the shame and it's felt like it's kind of slipping off. And, and I, literally, I could, I could see this as I was praying this morning. Someone let go of God's hand so they could stop the garment from falling off. They go, no, that, that defines me. That's who I am. I, I'm not worthy of his love. I'm not worthy of that call. I couldn't be that close to God because of my brokenness. So if that's you, I want you to clearly hear the call of God calling you to move from that place, calling you to just let that garment, that old thing slip right off because shame is not for you. Shame was defeated at the cross. And don't pull onto you what he has taken off you. 
And so today, whatever that would be, whatever would keep you locked into the past, take His hand, see His face, the approving look of love on the Father's face. And let those old garments fall off. That shame would fall off and it just gets lost in the breeze as it disappears because Jesus Christ paid the price. Let that disappointment fall away. Let that hurt, that hurt where someone should have done something or shouldn't have done something, let it fall away as you take a hold of his hand and receive something far greater than any of those things. God, we seek your face and just as we close verse 7 lift up your heads you gates be lifted up you ancient doors picture the ark of the covenant coming into the city of jerusalem city of david the gates being opened wide everything being moved aside so that the ark of the covenant the presence of god could make its way through the city into the place where it would rest and and picture people singing and and the imagery here lift up your heads you gates be lifted up you ancient doors it's a it's a lift off remove all the restrictions get rid of anything that's going to get in the way of the presence of god coming in There's this robust celebration that occurs. Lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up your ancient doors that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? In this song, there's this question posed. Who is the King of glory? And the answer that follows is not a concept, but is a living, breathing revelation from David. Who is the King of glory? What does he say? He's the Lord strong and mighty. He's the Lord mighty in battle. Now, how how does David know this? What gives him confidence to say this is who God is? Because David faced Goliath. He was in battle. And he saw the victory of God for him in the battle. Because David led the children of Israel, into war. And these battles against the Philistines, and, and this is hand-to-hand combat. This is blood and guts. This is life and death. And who did David discover God to be for him in the battle? He is the Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. And what we have here in this psalm is not some empty words or not some religious words, not some nice expression towards a nice God. What we have here is a ground out revelation of who God was for David in moments of difficulty in his life. And he knew how to call upon God when times got tough when there was a looming challenge, when there was an incredible opportunity. He knew how to incline his ear to the Lord, we hear in 2 Samuel, and then how to have a certain strategy, and then how to face the same challenge, but not attack it with the same strategy, to again incline his ear to the Lord. And God says, don't go to battle this way like you did last time. Go to battle this way. Come around the enemy this way, and you'll receive victory. And for us, as we are a people that will incline our ear, that will seek him, that will climb this mountain, 
mountain and see from a higher perspective. There are answers to our greatest challenges. There are open doors that lie before us as we see the Lord say and light this path and say, don't walk in that way. That business deal looks great, but no, 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 listen, incline your ear. Stop, seek me, and as you do, I have an answer for you. This is the direction I want you to walk, and it may be counterintuitive, but he is leading us to the places of greatest blessing. And so who do you need your God to be for you right now? As David went into battle, he needed a God that was strong and mighty, mighty in battle. You may be facing a scenario where there's a war on the inside and you need his peace to be alive. Then reach out for him to come and bring that into your world right now. Maybe you need clarity and there are decisions, multiple decisions. God, would you come and would you be the clarity that I need in my world right now. Maybe there's a confidence that you need on the inside where you've been a little hunched over, maybe a little insecure. And there is something where you say, God, I need you to be my confidence right now. That when I write the psalm of my life, when I write down who is the King of glory, I will say that in 2018, as I reached out to my God, He was my confidence. He was the strength on the inside, that when in 2025 you're writing the psalm of your life, you look back at 2018 and say, he was my hope. He was my joy when I was joyless. He was my clarity when I didn't know which way to turn. That when you're writing the psalm of your life in 2050, that you look back upon the journey and you see those moments where you knew what it was to not start reclining on the mountain, but where you reached up again, took his hand and said, God, I want to seek your face. And as I take your hand, your help comes into my world. Lord, we thank you that you are with us and you are for us. Lord, we thank you that when you look at us, if our lives have been surrendered before you, we thank you that you see us through the perfection of Jesus Christ. And so when you see us, you see us perfect. Lord, you look at us with a love that is greater and deeper than we could even understand. And so, Lord, would you reveal that to us afresh today? Lord, I thank you for a people. Lord, I thank you for a church who are committed to ascending, to climbing that mountain, to taking your hand, to letting the old garments fall away, to letting those old things fall to the floor. Lord, they are gone. They're defeated. You paid the price. They're cut off and broken in Jesus' mighty name. And Lord, we thank you. We stand as sons and daughters of the Lord of all lords the ultimate King of glory, the creator and maker of all things. And so we stand confident and bold and assured in your presence. 
C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital, where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi.